Hello and welcome to the Here We Go podcast. The show today is going to be another one of these shows where we give you a quick insight into something Dawn's related, whether it be a European opponent or whether it be, as in this case, a new signing. So we speak to someone who's in the know, so you don't just have to rely on facts from Wikipedia or those YouTube clips that always do the rounds. So today we spoke to Dan Helfrich, who, amongst other things, is a play-by-play voice for the Georgetown men's soccer team. Now, why the Georgetown soccer team? Well, we've signed Dante Povara, um, a young midfielder who's uh, been playing college football in the States with Georgetown. And um, rather than choosing to uh, further his career in the MLS, he's joined up at Pataudry. An intriguing signing for sure. So we spoke to Dan to find out a bit more about him. Dan, thank you very much for joining me. Um, I think the first question about Dante is is really, we know he's a midfielder, but what type of midfielder is he? Uh, we, we use in the world game the box-to-box expression a lot. Uh, I'd say Dante epitomizes that. He's uh, very rangy. And uh, when I talk about range, I talk about it in two ways with Dante. First, he covers so much of the field in a way that looks effortless. Um, But the other thing you'll notice right away is his range of pass is elite. He um, plays the ball with both feet, with all surfaces of feet, outside of the foot, laces, inside the foot, and can hit very educated balls, you know, up to... 55-yard, 65-yard driven balls. And so he unlocks the game for his teammates in ways you you rarely see, particularly for a 21-year-old. Yeah, I think one good example of that is, um, again, uh, from the clips that have been shared on social media, um, there's the winning goal in this year's um, Big East Championship game. Um, and his through ball, for the uh, golden goal winner um golden goals are something we haven't seen in quite some time um it's just it's a perfectly weighted perfectly played ball he doesn't have much time to think about it but it but it's on the button precisely and uh georgetown which the university that that dante comes from has become uh, probably the top college program in the united states and 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 yet One of the things I'm most excited about to see Dante with uh, the Dons is he will have more quality players on the other side of those balls. And so uh, I think Dante will be creating high quality scoring chances for teammates the first time he steps onto the pitch. I mean, he's a he's a good size physicality as well. We expect, I suppose, the uh, stereotype of the American athletes to have a good athleticness about him. And I'm sure that's something that's been tested um, in the college system. It, it has, though, in the college system, his athleticism is superior. So he, he, many people, many coaches that coach against him, their reaction at the end of the game is, I'm, I'm shocked by how easy the game looks for him. Mm-hmm. And he never looks like... He's moving at top speed, and yet he covers so much ground. And to me, that graceful athleticism as at a player of his size is impressive. The other thing you won't see in the clips, Richard, is 
he jumps exceptionally well and is a superior defensive header of the ball. And so um, when, when Aberdeen is in matches where there's there's a bit of a fight and a bit of a mix-up in the the middle of the park, he he will win a high degree of headers. I'd actually like to see him get better as a header in the attacking side of the pitch. Uh He didn't score um, many goals with his head, and I think he has the athleticism to do that, but he, he is a physical presence, no doubt. I mean, clearly, he has been performing really well um, in 2021. I mean, Georgetown didn't manage to repeat their 2019 NCAA uh, success in the uh, championship, falling in the semis. But Dante was uh, voted the winner of the Matt Herman Trophy for the best player in college soccer. That's quite an accolade, really, when you consider the numbers involved. Um, what really made him stand out this year beyond the sort of things you've spoken about? And who votes for that award? Is it a coaches or...? Uh, it, it, that award's voted on by coaches and media. Right. Um, I, I think what stood out for him is he was the best player on during the majority of, of the season, the best team in the country. And while Georgetown fell in the semifinals, as you'd say, they were a dominant team all year. And there's a tremendous amount of respect for the Georgetown program. Their head coach, Brian Weiss, um, who's known as um, perhaps the top coach in the game. They play a beautiful, fluid style of attacking football. And, um, and so they get a lot of attention. And Dante is in, in the middle of all of that. I would also say, like, like many awards, Richard, Dante earned the award partially for what he did this year and partially for what he did in uh, prior years yeah. and uh, the continuation of his growth. Th- that Herman Award, some of your listeners um, will know, um, Ian Harks um, was a prior winner of the award um, who's uh, applying his trade at Dundee, of course, and um, Claudio Reyna, who was one of the great American players uh, who played in many places in, in Europe. There, there's several accomplished players who've won that award. Yeah, young player awards are always tricky. Obviously in Scotland we have similar kind of awards for best young player of the season. And you look at any historic list of those winners, there's always a mixture of players who've gone on to have really stellar careers and players who haven't maybe matched their potential. And it's the same with the list of uh, Matt Kerman winners. There are quite a few who have made it to Scotland before, absolutely. But there's also proper world names in there, along with a healthy number of uh, uh, US men's teams, internationals um, in that list. So so it's, it's certainly a good indicator that um, he's on the right tracks, if nothing else. But that's all it can be with a young player, I suppose. There, there's been a lot of question marks, I suppose, from an element of our support about the, about the level of um, of the competition which we signed Dante from. But I think some of that is going to stem from the fact in Europe we're much more used to young players coming up through a club academy. While Dante obviously spent time when he was younger at New York City's academy, um, it's obviously still a very strong pool to choose the college football compared to the potential of going pro when they're younger, isn't it? It, it is. And um, as people no doubt have been reading, the academy club that Dante played for as a teenager was um, perhaps the 
one of the best academy clubs in the world at the time, uh, Giovanni Reina, who of course is at Dortmund, Joe Scali, who's at Borussia Mönchengladbach, um, James Sands, who just transferred um, to Rangers from NYCFC, James's twin brother, Will, who actually played with Dante at Georgetown and will now be playing in the MLS. All of those kids on one team at age 14 must have been uh, quite a team to watch. <laughs> uh, quite a team to watch at the at the time. And so Dante's been surrounded by elite players for quite some time. And you know, all the credit to Dante and his family for making a decision for a few years to advance both his football and his education at Georgetown. But Dante's been a professional in mentality and in physicality since he was 14 years old. And so you're absolutely getting a young player, but you're getting a very mature young player that um, if I were to, to guess, I think you will see him on the pitch in meaningful moments um, sooner rather than, than later. I'll tell you an, an interesting story about Dante's m- mentality. Um, you referenced um, in 2019, Georgetown was victorious and won the championship in the U.S. college system. It's the first time Georgetown had ever won one. And um, Dante took all the meaningful penalties um, throughout the postseason. And uh, as a freshman, a freshman as a first year. <laughs> and um, Coach Brian Weiss talked to the captain of the team, Dylan Nealis, um, Dylan, who's playing in the MLS uh, right now, and said, hey, Dylan, you're set to be the fifth kicker in the penalty. Uh, are you sure you want this freshman um, to take the penalty instead of you? And Dylan said famously, um, if my career is on the line, there's no one I'd want at the penalty spot more than Dante Povar. Strong words. Um, I, I should say as well, there's another link to Aberdeen via Brian Weiss, actually, because he worked, I believe, under Bobby Clark. Um, Bobby Clark, yes. famously Aberdeen goalkeeper, of course, but uh, certainly at Notre Dame, um, I think somewhere else, I just can't remember where. Um, but at um, at, at the, Brian actually played for Bobby at Dartmouth and Dartmouth, coach, yeah. coached with him at Stanford and Notre Dame. <laughs> and if you want the small football world even more, my daughter <laughs> for Bobby Clark's daughter. In, in college, right in, in college, right now. So it's a it, it's a small world for sure. And Bobby Clark's son Jamie um, is the head coach at the University of Washington, which is also producing terrific uh, American footballers. Yes, yeah, uh, and I, th- I th- doing some reading last night on your season last year, Georgetown season last year, and um, yeah, I met, I saw Jamie Clark's name there. Uh, Jamie was. Um, he didn't play for the Dons, but he came over and had a trial period. Um, so yeah, we knew. I knew he had gone into coaching. I had no idea where he was, but uh, yeah, there you go. It is indeed a small world. But Bobby Clark is—he's uh, back in Scotland now, um, back living over here. But um, I know he has a a good name in American college coaching. Now for going sure. back again to that 2019 team, um, there's a midfielder from that team who actually signed for a British club in Jacob uh, Montes. Now, obviously that means that Dante isn't the first to make the move to Europe directly 
from Georgetown. But it is still a left field choice, right? It is. Um, it is for sure. Though a choice that Dante was very purposeful about and certainly has had in his mind for quite some time. And what's the attraction, do you think? Because, I mean, we, we also read that New York City still holds his MOS rights. What does that? Can you explain what that actually means? It means that if and when he returns to the MLS League, he will not be free to sign with anyone. Right. Okay. He will be um, obligated to begin um, those negotiations with, with NYCFC, and they could trade or, or sell his rights to another MLS team. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. So that the same would have applied if he he would have avoided going into the draft, presumably. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because one conspiracy theory I read yesterday had us that uh, Atlanta were using us to sort of bypass that and uh, no. pick him up at the end of uh, maybe his contract with Aberdeen. Um, that's, um, yeah, that's good that that's cleared up, quite frankly, because the... The system, the the registration system of the MLS is still, despite the fact we've had some dealings with the MLS lately, it's still quite opaque to me, I have to say. <laughs> it, yeah, it's still quite opaque to many of us who are close <laughs> to the game in the in the in the US as well. But we we are all um, those of us in in America who love football and live football. We're quite proud of the growth of the MLS, and um, it, you know any any of your listeners who get a chance to come over. There's some amazing stadiums, some amazing grounds that have been created uh, in the last decade that that provide a proper football experience for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we see more and more of that. And obviously with our tie with Atlanta, we're, um, we are getting fed that. And I think it's something that when the, the opportunity <laughs> to travel more freely arises again and uh, people make their way over to the States, I think beyond the the more core American sports experience. I think soccer is up there competing now, isn't it? Indeed. The uh, the stadium in Austin, Texas, of all places, um, where actually the U.S. hosted one of its World Cup qualifiers uh, a few months ago against Jamaica, is um, truly a remarkable um, footballing experience. In fact, Dante spent some time training with Austin uh, over last summer, so... He, he's been getting exposed to the professional environments um, every summer between years of school as well. So he'll, he'll be properly ready. Yeah, but it's, it's always a lottery, isn't it, with young players, and especially with players who are moving to a completely new environment. But just finally, Dan, if you can just maybe pinpoint the one thing most in his favor that makes him likely to succeed. Size, number one. His body is a professional body at age 21. Second is uh, range of play, um, the ability to strike the ball with all surfaces um, and to cover the kind of ground you'll need to cover for 90 minutes as a central midfielder. But then the final thing is mentality. He is a professional in every sense of the world, on and off the pitch, and he he will be properly ready. Um, I, I see lots of eighteen to twenty-one year olds, and Dante is in the top one percent of those capable of dealing with all the things that come with being a professional mentally. So, you put that package together, 
And for me, um, I'll be surprised if Dante's not playing a meaningful role on the pitch. Well, Dan, thank you very much. I know there's been a lot of excitement about Dante's arrival, and I think um, you know your words are only going to stoke that up a little bit further. Um, but right, thank cheers. you very much for your time. Well, there we are. I hope that's given you some insight into Dante Polvara. Probably not the last signing we'll make this transfer window, but almost certainly the most intriguing. Until next time, come on you Reds.